What's up, everybody? This is Vinny Bucci, a.k.a. The Booch, and welcome to The Booch Cast. This week, we have a very special treat for you guys, as we'll be taking a look back at a classic episode that I did a long time ago with my good friend, Buff the Stuff Bagwell, where we did an interview with the one and only Sting, a.k.a. Steve Borden. And for those of you who may not know, I'll give you guys a little backstory here. About two years ago, I was involved in another podcast show that I did with Buff the Stuff Bagwell. And we called it the Buff and Booch Cast. And it was a podcast where Buff and I would talk wrestling, we would tell stories, and we would have guests on from time to time. And how I met Buff was I interviewed him many years ago on the Booch Cast to promote a UCW show. Then after I went to the show, I got to know Buff, and uh, he and I uh, became really good friends. And obviously I started working with uh, UCW as a commentator and later became a ring announcer in addition to doing commentary as well and um, during these shows Buff was on a lot of them so we got to meet we got to become really good friends we got along fantastically and then Buff was looking into getting into the world of podcasting because he saw a lot of the other wrestlers getting into it he felt he could do it too especially since Buff is a master storyteller so he brought me in because he knew I had a podcasting expertise and we teamed up and put together this show so basically um, I handled all the tech uh, stuff as far as uh you know editing and uploading and posting shows and doing stuff like that. Uh, Buff was in charge of basically bringing in the guests since he had a uh, huge directory of wrestling names. So we combined our talents and made what I thought was a very entertaining show. It lasted a few months, but then when Buff's uh, schedule started getting more hectic because he was working indie shows almost every weekend, he had a bunch of cameos that he had to do for fans and stuff on Cameo. Uh, also with him having to go to the gym all the time because he's buff, so he has to be in Buff Bagwell shape because when you pay money to see Buff Bagwell, you want to see Buff Bagwell. So he puts a lot of pressure on himself to uh, make sure he's in tip-top wrestling shape so he can give the fans their money's worth, which I respect completely. So after we stopped doing the show, um, you know, we, we're still friends today, so there's no heat. Uh, we still talk regularly from time to time. And at the time we were working on the podcast, we were looking at you know different names we wanted to bring in, people who we thought would be fun to talk to and who Buff gets along with in the business. And uh, and I didn't know this, and I learned this when um you know we were doing when we were uh, actually interviewing him. But you know Buff and Sting genuinely have a great friendship and a great relationship. I mean I, I knew those guys got along, but I didn't know how close their friendship really was until Buff started explaining it to me. So we thought to ourselves Sting would be a perfect name to talk to because not only do Sting and Buff have a fantastic friendship but also Sting is one of the greatest of all time and a big time legend in the business so we thought if we could get Sting on our show it would allow fans to take this show seriously because we got a really really big name that's not easy for a lot of uh, wrestling podcasters to get and you know obviously myself I am a huge fan of Sting and have been uh, my entire life. You'll find out more about that in the show. I was one of those guys that you know, when you hear a lot of wrestling fans say, I love Sting. I dressed up as him for Halloween. I was that guy. When I was in 8th grade, I dressed up as Sting for Halloween. And I got the black wig. I had the jacket. I had the bat. Uh, the problem is the scorpion shirt that I got with the costume didn't fit me. So we cut the scorpion off. I got a regular black t-shirt. We sewed it on there. Then um, there was a mask that came with it, but the mask was hard to breathe through and the mask looked cheap and stupid. So I literally would have my mom paint my face 
to look like Sting. And I just walked into school with everything, and it looked good. Uh, unfortunately, when I was in school, I couldn't bring the bat, though, because that's considered bringing a weapon to school. So I didn't do that. But obviously, when I went trick-or-treating later that night, I had the bat with me. So to say that I am a mark for Sting is to say the Atlantic Ocean is damp. Which is why I was beyond excited uh, when Buff got, gave me the call confirming that Sting was going to do the show. I made sure that I was prepped and ready to go and ready to do this interview. And I will say, I'll give one little disclaimer here before we get to the interview. Uh, there was a moment um, where when I was taking the audio uh, from my hard drive and putting it on Audacity to uh, edit and fix it around, I noticed that Sting's volume was really, really low. So I did have to make some audio adjustments to make sure you guys can clearly hear Sting, but not to the point where it blows everybody's eardrums. So the good news is you'll be able to hear Sting. The bad news is he was driving in his car, so you're going to have to take that into account when you hear the background stuff. But that was the best time we could get Sting. And we only had Sting for a window, uh, small window of time. So we had to make sure that we got everything we needed and had the great conversations and got, you know, didn't want to waste all of Sting's time because his time was very valuable. So the fact that he gave us what we had was great. Now, there are going to be times where Sting and Mark might talk over each other a little bit. In those cases, you're only going to hear Buff. Because if I try to increase it to also hear Sting, uh, it would it, it would blow your eardrums. So uh, when Sting and Mark are talking over each other, you're only going to hear Buff. Uh, but when Sting's talking by himself, you can hear him perfectly. Like I said, he's in his car, so you might hear a little bit of wind in the background. There might be a few things around there. But I was able to make this listenable for all of you. So uh, I just want to give that little disclaimer out there so there's no confusion. So sit back and enjoy as the Booch teams up with Buff the Stuff Bagwell to go one-on-one -on -one with WWE Hall of Famer, WCW legend, and current AEW superstar, Sting. Ladies and gentlemen. Oh my God. The moment of truth is here. Say it. <laughs> we have live, we have here on the Buff and Booch cast, the one, the only, the icon, the vigilante, the man known as Sting is here. Sting, Sting, Sting. Except it's Steve Borden. How you doing, pal? <laughs> what an introduction. I'm doing great. I'm doing great. Except for, man, you know, I, I told you I'd be on a drive south going to uh, Austin. My oldest son lives there, and I'm driving down the road and starting to make a few phone calls, do a little bit of business, but my phone is not working. There's no service. There isn't anything. So I'm thinking, okay, well, maybe it's just a tower. There's no tower around. There hasn't been anything. I'm in a panic, pulled off the side of the road, trying to find an AT&T store to see if my chance Wells Fargo bill pay didn't pay my bill or whatever. <laughs> tried so nice to be nice about it but it's just the truth and you go well sometimes when you call you know my service goes out because where i live i go in this valley <laughs> oh, it was the canyon it was the canyon Can the canyon the canyon oh 
great time to be laughing for that, bro. I mean, Sarah not laughing. Oh my God, gag me with a spoon. I mean, people wouldn't even believe it. But but. Caught on to that valley stuff pretty good, man. Yeah, well, and, and hey, and came from South Georgia. I mean, North Georgia, uh, Southern boy, and still pulled the valley girl off. Very impressive. Well, as we know, Steve, my God, you may call you Steve. Is that, is that cool? Of course, yeah. I, I, I thought so. I just want to make sure. That was so great. That was so great. There's no doubt that you created and started my career. And we never even spoke about it, really, because we just got along. We loved each other. We were friends, and we clicked. But it's the truth. It's facts. I mean... Well, I, I didn't create or start your career, but I, I was helpful in getting your foot in the door in a real pivotal time in your career. That you know what? That was said much better. God, let's switch seats. <laughs> but 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 regardless, you know, huge part of my career, man. And I just wanted to say thanks. I, I can't tell you the times I had to wrestle guys that were trying to kill me and me looking and begging when you were going to come running down the ramp. Saying, please get here. Please, please. Come and save me from Big Van Vader's glove smell. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, well, at a time when you were finally being accepted by everybody. And because I took a liking to you, uh, I believe that so many of the other guys uh, ended up doing the same thing. So now you were, you were actually involved in a couple storylines here and there. And they saw enough value in you to use you in these ways. And, um, yeah. So guys like Leon White are, you know, literally thrashing you in the ring. And you're going, oh, my God, Sting, would you please get here quick? <laughs> please, please don't tell me you're in the canyon. Yeah, yeah. Please get out of the canyon so you can hear me say this. Come help me. <laughs> <laughs> Hey, one thing I want to remind you about and talk about that I bet you haven't thought about in years. Our egg fights in cars. Oh, the egg fights. <laughs> Those were legendary. Epic, epic. Epic. The word epic. It started, you know, Rick Diner, you know, he was always, you know, the instigator usually on something like this. Or Scotty, you know, we'd be driving down the road. We always rented our Cadillacs or in those days it was Lincoln Town cars, you know. Oh, yeah. Three, four guys in a car, and, you know, Robbie would always have, he'd find a gallon of milk and stick it out the window going 75 miles an hour in front of the Samoans or somebody like that, and that white stuff would just spray all over that black Lincoln town car, and it would create a war. And, you know, when you're talking, you know, two, three, four-hour drives going down the interstate and the highways and all that, it gives you time to go into the mini Mars and buy a few eggs. You know, it turned into wars, and it was always good to have Scotty and Rick on your side, and then enter Buff Bagwell, who played right into it perfectly. <laughs> If you remember, the story you just told is what restarted the egg fight thing. You told me the Brian Pillman stories and the and all the stories of the milk and and I was like, dude, this is this is it. This is great. It was. Were you on that one? Actually, the black Lincoln Town car, I believe, was Paul Heyman. Wasn't that his car way back when? Paul Heyman. I I, I can't remember if it was Paul's or not, but I remember one time one egg hit inside my car and I said, Steve, I can't. Get this egg off my door, help me. Grab <laughs> the black Lincoln. Oh. And I forget who all else, but they were throwing eggs. We were literally catching the egg in a way where they wouldn't break and throwing it back. Oh my 
remember finally getting hot at me over the egg thing and Charlotte. Who getting hot at you? I hit you in the back really hard. I hit you in the back really hard, and man, you were ready to fight. I mean, you were mad. You, it's the first time I've ever seen Steve Borden mad in my life. I was like, oh my God. Did you hit you with an egg? Yeah, I hit you with an egg, and it just accidentally nailed you hard, man. But that's a, it was at the old, you know, Charlotte Arena we used to go to on Independence Boulevard there, you know. But yeah, but those are good times, man. Those are good times. Yeah, I don't, I don't remember you hit me in the back with an egg. But... <laughs> yeah. I believe you did. Yeah. Would do. Of course, you know, behind the back, you know, running when you're when you're running away, hit him, uh, the, uh, the bad guy. Um, but how are you doing, Steve? What's going on? And, you know, tell us a little bit about you. I mean, what's what's going on? Oh, well, man, I'm, I'm just Jimmy Harwood Town, just floating. I'm cruising through life here and married to a German girl now. Or she was born and raised in Germany. We don't have to talk about that, I think. Yes. So I got remarried four and a half years ago. And so that is that is. And my kids are, you know, thriving and doing well. Both my sons are married. Gracie's 19 and she's as beautiful as ever. And I am loving real estate like I always have. So still involved with real estate and still out there doing a few appearances here and there. And still, you know, putting the pain on my face occasionally. Uh, those days are about ready to end, though. I mean, I, I got a handful more for the rest of this year that I'm going to do where I'll paint up and then, then I think I'm going to hang up, you know, the tights and no more paint. Uh, enough is enough. And I mean, I'm still doing stuff with WWE. You know, I've done their 2K video games, a lot of stuff with 2K, the videos, the games and all that, uh, from commercials to, you know, just appearances in Dubai and London. They, they, they send you all over the place to do these kind of things. So have a good relationship with WWE and that kind of sums it up, I guess. And that's huge after all these years of, you know, I think you know this, but we are either two of three, and I don't think there's three, that did the entire ride at WCW, the full 11 years or 12 or whatever it was. You were there before me, but then we never left and came back. You know, we were one of the few that never left and came back, you know? Right, yeah. But uh, they give, I think they gave me a gold necklace for that. <laughs> Thank you, thank you, Mark. Thank you, Jim Burnham. <laughs> oh, shit, boy, you remember chopping him? Oh, my gosh, and you begged for it. Please, please chop me. And he did Steiner's. I'd nail him with that. You know, he'd come in, think, 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 think. Remember that? Think, 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 think. <laughs> I wanted something, man. You know, I'd say, okay, Chip, you want me to meet with the manager of the building and, and his family and whoever else? Oh, you want me to do a radio thing right now? Okay, well, I need to chop you then. <laughs> hey, hovering. <laughs> yeah, you're, you know, that, that was. I know, that was the other guy. What was his name? Mike Weber. Mike Weber. I, you know, he's still doing it. He's still in the TV thing and uh, wrestling thing. and I see him occasionally out on the road. So do I. So do I. But uh, great guy. Great guy, man. Really great guy. But he would hover. <laughs> he'd come around. He'd come around. And Steve would go, hovering. You're hovering. <laughs> Always wanted something. Oh, yeah. Boy. Yep. Man. I love it. 
the one thing that makes me laugh so much is the times you would mess with us during our workouts when you didn't want to train, when it wasn't, you know, up training for you, how you would run around in circles with your golf outfit on waiting for us to finish training to go play golf. <laughs> and you'd run around the bench and you go, ah, like, you know, in my face. And I'm trying to do, you know, bench presses. And I'm like, you got to be kidding me. We finally give up, unless it was a back day, if I remember correctly. Unless it was back or legs, you were out. You didn't want to do it, and let's go play golf. <laughs> uh, I, you know, I remember it a little bit different. Tell me. I remember it was always you, me, and Lex, or usually it was you, me, and Lex. And you mentioned back and legs. Legs were always, you know, I love to do my legs. I love to squat. You know what I'm saying? Leg, leg day and back day you love. Oh, yeah, yeah, you go 
don't do it. Up, 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 dip, dip. Yeah, I know. No, 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 no. He thought I was doing it. <laughs> yeah. I got the heat for it. I'm like, I said, Bill. I remember Bill finally said something. I, I, I don't remember. And then, and then Lex said, did he say what I think? He just said, I, said, I think he just said what he just said. <laughs> what was it? Then he said, oh, yeah, he, he said it. <laughs> You know, old Mark, old Mark tells the truth, bro. He tells the truth. But even backstage, when we would have nothing to do, we had, you know, competition throw the rock the farthest. I mean, just anything to compete. Anything it was, we would do. Right. Oh, yeah. Always competitive. Always. Always trash talking, hey, you know, back and forth. Oh, man, we, we laughed a lot, too. Hey, my jaws hurt. We laughed so much, bro. Uh, my co-host is uh, Booch, and he wants to ask you a couple questions, uh, Steve. Hey, Steve. Um, I just want to say a huge fan. I uh, have been my whole life. And um, one of the things I want to talk about, which I thought was uh, interesting, was uh, um, in your movie, uh, Moment of Truth, which was based on your book, um, there's this really funny scene where you're being interviewed by this uh, college reporter. He, like, paints his face just like yours, and you're having this funny conversation, which I thought was awesome, because I know if I had interviewed you when I was in college, that's probably what I would have done. So that scene... <laughs> really stuck out to me. In fact, um, I, I was going to paint my face for this one, but then Buff reminded me, dude, this is audio. He's not going to see it. And I was like, all right, I won't do it today. I may but, have put the glasses on, though. <laughs> but, but there was one part that, that stood out to me. There was one part that stood out to me where you guys are having a conversation. At one point, the reporter talks about, you know, how great the wolf pack was. And there was a quote that you said that was very interesting to me. You said, it was relaxed, not quite so tense, but you thought it was probably the beginning beginning of the end for WCW and I was curious what about that time uh drew you to that conclusion because I, I found that very intriguing Gosh, and man I, I'm sure I, I made that comment and you know I, I I think that that was maybe one of many things that, that you know could have could have been tied to it but you know I've answered this question a lot over the years and, uh you know the demise of, of WCW happened because Unity left the door long story short uh Remember in the beginning, man, I mean, we, we had, you know, X jumping ship, you know, Scott Hall jumping ship, Kevin Nash jumping ship. Oh, yeah. And then, then the NWO was formed, and they do their cool video, that real grainy looking, you know. Black and white. Black and white, yeah. And then Hogan, you know, turns into Hollywood Hogan. And, you know, then my character changed, and, you know, and the rest of the century. And in the beginning of all that, there was unity everywhere. I mean, everyone's creative juices were flowing, and, you know, nobody had agendas, really. Everybody was kind of looking at the big picture, not there, just at how they could get themselves over. There wasn't any heat. There wasn't no heat. So that was always there, but it wasn't that prevalent. Right. You know, as, as time went on, it just, um, you know, all of a sudden there were clicks and little groups here. Oh, yeah. There. And then, then you know what it's like. Everybody's talking. Clicky, clicky, clicky. <laughs> everybody's murmuring and everybody's complaining. And everybody, you know, I don't know why he's getting pushed. Like, why is he getting pushed so long? Why? You know, you know this isn't right. You know, I mean, uh, I could do better or whatever. So now you got just chaos and discord all over the place. And uh, that, that was the beginning of the end. It was. It was, definitely. And even when they 
came up with Thunder, I was in the room with you guys, and y'all told Eric, you know, Eric, there's no way that's too much wrestling. That's 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 four hours of wrestling a week. And he goes, no, 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 we're going to split the guys up, have an A, B, have an A team and a B team. And, and y'all kept arguing with him kind of nicely. And he said, they said, I do it, or they'll find somebody else to do it. And it, yeah. it, it was just too much wrestling, bro. It was just too much. It was just too much. Yeah, I mean, see, that that's just another part of it as well, you know. I mean, things are going so well, and now you want to give, you know, the American people too much, you know, and um, it backfired. All of it backfired. Well, bro, uh, I want to thank you so much, and, you know, I mean, is there anything you want to say or plug, or, and I know, I, 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 you know, I'm a social media guy, I, I know, but still, is there something you want to say or uh, to the fans or, you know, how to reach you or anything like that? <laughs> no, I didn't think you'd be on the spot like that. No, no, no. I mean, do you, do you want a website out or something like that to post? I mean, just, just, just say it. You know, and everybody will hear it. I, I, I don't, I don't really have anything to say. We had just a lot of fun over the years. You know, looking back, I, you know, to this day, I tell a lot of uh, Marcus Bagwell stories, <laughs> a lot of Buff Bagwell stories. You know, through the good, the bad. Yes. Always loved you, Mark. I loved your personality. That's one of the things that kind of drew me to you to begin with. And, uh, you know, I said, man, this guy, he's cool. I promise you, he's good. You guys got to start letting him in. You know, stop being so hard on him. You know, and, uh, man, man, he hated you in the beginning. You know, uh, I can remember you coming to me in, in Chicago at the UIC Pavilion, I believe it was. And uh, I had something to do with Gotti and Steiner or Rick Steiner and where they were dressing and where their bags were and their tennis shoes were. And you moved something and it, it created, I don't know, I can't remember what happened. And, and man, it, it was a make or break moment for you. Yes, absolutely. And the only and, thing that... You know, and I, and I remember having a talk with, you know, Rick and Scott and Lex, you know, and say, man, I promise you this guy is okay. <laughs> yeah, right. And, uh, and finally, uh, somehow or another, maybe you ended up in the car with us or whatever, and they, they saw your personality. And, you know, remember Scotty, uh, 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 Episode doesn't ruin things. <laughs> <laughs> well, we we really appreciate it so much, Steve. Even having the time to take out, and that's a big deal, and we know that. And so, thank you so much, and just um, thanks for taking time out to share a little time with us. You know, and we love you. Absolutely, and I I want to I want to say thank you as well as I said before. You know, I've been a huge fan of yours since I was a kid. You know, my dad and I used to watch uh, WCW together all the time, and uh, we've uh, and I, and I told uh, Lex this is the last time he he was on here too. To this day, my favorite War Games match of all time is uh, you, Lex, uh, Savage, and Hogan against Dungeon of Doom. Because to me, that was like you four were like the dream team of like WCW. So I just want to say it was an honor to uh, you know get a chance to you know have you on the show and to talk to you. And I definitely hope some someday you'll come back. We'd love to have you back. Oh yeah, absolutely. Thank you for those words. It, it means a lot. And, and I guess you know, Mark. The last thing I would say is just based on what he just said is just you know you you don't realize what kind of uh, influence you have on, on people. But after 30 years, you know, 33 years that I've been in the business and 30 years in the ring and doing these appearances or doing these types of interviews and listening to people being 
such a great time and that's what this was about you, you you were worried about that but I said Steve come on man I said you know just talk have fun be friends and love each other like we always have yes that's it Steve just get your head out of the canyon yeah yeah <laughs> make sure you're not in the canyon the next time you call <laughs> yeah, you know the other sad thing is most of the fans are going to play the canyon thing why do they keep doing that I don't think they fully understand. I, I, I think I told I'll, them. I'll be honest. I've been wondering myself. The canyon was where you went down and didn't have no service, correct? No, it, it's where I live. I lived in a place. Called the what? What's it called? The canyon. I in a place called Sand Canyon. And I said, when well, I'm in Sand Canyon, I don't have reception. And so that turned into, let me guess, you're in the canyon. <laughs> I swear to God, we laughed over that 10,000 times. But go do your thing. I know you're busy. We love you. I love you. You know that. Always have, always will. And you were, you're always, always by my side the entire time at WCW. Just thank you. Uh, all right, enough. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I'm, I'm about to throw up. <laughs> It was, it was an honor, man. Thank you so much. <laughs> All right, pal. I love you. I'm hitting the end. I'm hitting the end button. I've had enough. All right. <laughs> love you. Love you, man. All right. And that, ladies and gentlemen, was our interview with the icon, the vigilante, the man known as Sting. And as I mentioned before, it was an honor and a privilege to be able to talk to him and I'm sure a lot of people were wondering why I asked him the question that I asked him about the Wolfpack being the beginning of the end of WCW. The reason I asked him this question is because even though we've heard several different stories from several different WCW superstars about how WCW came to an end, this was the one time I heard a version that was completely different from anything else I heard or saw. Because most of the time when you hear about the demise of WCW, there's, there's a lot of different reasons that get thrown around. And we've heard so many over the years. A lot of people blame uh, Vince Russo for the end of WCW. I'm not ashamed to admit I'm one of those people. I've heard a lot of people blame Hogan and his creative control clause in his contract for being the end of WCW. Most people blame Eric Bischoff for the demise of WCW, saying it was all his fault. Uh, we've heard uh, too many guys in the NWO. I think that was something Hogan mentioned when he was asked about the downfall of WCW. But I had never heard anyone bring up the Wolfpack. So when I heard Sting say that in the Moment of Truth uh, documentary, which I rewind 
over and over and over again to make sure I got Sting's quote exactly right because I did not want to misquote him. I did not want to misinterpret anything he said. I said, here's what was said and get Sting's thoughts. And Sting was very polite, very generous, more than willing to share his thoughts. And I think it gave another perspective to the end of WCW, especially because as Buff mentioned, him and Sting are like one of maybe or two of maybe three other people who were there for the entire 11-year run of WCW that stayed and never left. Although technically Buff did eventually go to WWE during the invasion, but he was only there briefly and then left, and I won't get into all that because we talked about that enough uh, with Buff on the actual interview that I did with Buff Bagwell, which you can find here on the SoundCloud page. But I thought it was a great perspective that both of them gave. Sting was also there the whole time. That's why the big story people have is that Sting went down with the ship because he stayed till the end. And then it wasn't until uh, a few years ago that he actually went to WWE. And obviously at the time that this interview happened, he was still a part of WWE. He had not left and gone to AEW yet. And speaking of AEW, uh, the fact that Sting is now currently at the time that I'm recording this in AEW is the reason I chose this classic episode to put up for this week because I wanted to commemorate uh, Sting going to AEW. Now, I did not put his AEW theme song as the uh, intro song for this interview because at the time this came out, we were still, this was on the Buff and Booch cast and we used Sting's actual WCW entrance theme during that time. So I thought it was uh, apropos to put it on this episode. Now, if at some point in the future, I am able to do a part two with Sting, where I'm able to talk to Sting again, because I would love to interview Sting. I would love to, you know, find out what he's been up to since this episode was taped uh, back in 2019. I would love to hear where he's at. If I'm able to get another interview with Sting in the future, then I will put his AEW theme song or entrance theme as a intro song for that episode, for that particular interview. I'll use it then. But I felt it was more appropriate to use his theme song here since Sting and Buff were both in WCW and that this is coming from an interview that we did uh, when Buff and I had our podcast. And like I said, you, you see the chemistry between these two is amazing and the great road stories that they told the egg fights the whole in the canyon which I thought was great uh you know just them talking about you know working out in the gym and everything else like I that's what I loved about the buff and booch cast was that buff has so many stories with so many of these guys that you get to hear more behind the scenes of what they were like when they weren't on TV and it's better than getting the same old cliche questions that they get asked everywhere else. And that's what I, I loved about, you know, Buff having these guests on the show and having him do the majority of the talking. And then when it was time to throw a question to me, I would ask the question. That's why I prep for every interview I did. I have at least 10 questions and I don't know how many I'm going to get to ask. On this particular episode, I got one question in. I tried to make that question count and I believe that I did. And it's actually something that my, old, my mentor, uh, Larry Wax, told me. He said, sometimes... Sometimes one question is all you need to have a great interview. So I'm not ashamed that I only got one question, but the best part is if I ever get to talk to Sting again, I'll be able to, to go to those other questions that I didn't ask. I'll get a chance to ask them then. And of course, I'll throw in some AEW questions as well. So that way we can get uh, an idea of where Sting is at at that current time that I get a chance to interview him again.
So I hope you guys enjoyed this interview. I know uh, towards the end, Buff was talking about, um, you know, wanting Stain to plug his uh, social media. Uh, he didn't get a chance to, so I'll do it for him here. Uh, you guys can follow Sting on Twitter at Sting, just Sting, S-T-I-N-G. Uh, you can also follow him on Instagram at Stinger, S-T-I-N-G-E-R. And, of course, you can see Sting every Wednesday night on AEW Dynamite. And my hope and prayer is that during the time that he's with AEW for however long of a run it's going to be, I hope they treat him better than the WWE did. Also, make sure you guys follow the Boochcast here on SoundCloud. Go to SoundCloud.com slash Boochcast, B-O-O-C-H, C-A-S-T. Also, like us on Facebook. Go to Facebook.com slash The Boochcast. We have archived episodes of the show as well as um, extra content for you guys to check out. Uh, all of our uh, YouTube videos are up there. Uh, my Wednesday Wisdom and Complain Time videos are on there as well. We got a lot of great content, so check it out. Also, make sure you follow us on Twitter and Instagram at The Boochcast for the latest tweets, photos, and videos. Check them out there. Also, subscribe to the YouTube channel. We got great YouTube content up there we have our wrestling watch parties our DD episodes our reviews of dark side of the ring and other great content also make sure you are following us on twitch go to twitch.tv slash the boochcast that's where we have our watch parties our DD episodes and other great content there so make sure you're following us on twitch and of course support the show through patreon go to patreon.com slash the boochcast we have great rewards for great patrons for as little as one dollar a month just $1 a month. You can help support the show, keep it going, help us upgrade the equipment, bring in bigger name guests, um, take care of my guys and gal. So if you got, if you listen to all my other co-hosts on the show from time to time and you think, Vinny, they do a good job. They deserve to be paid. Well, Patreon is how you make that happen. Like I said, all you got to do is give us $1 a month. That's all we're asking for. But if you got some extra spending cash and you want to take advantage of some of the other rewards that we have as well, feel free to do so. And until next time, this is Vinny Bucci, a.k.a. The Booch, saying keep on living life and take care. This has been The Booch Cast. We'll talk to you guys next time. Until then, pizza, baby! Well, I see by the clock on a wall that it's time to bid you one and all goodbye. Goodbye. So long. So long. Farewell. Farewell. Adieu. Adieu. Be good. Stay well. Bye-bye. Keep warm. Relax. And eat. Take care. Stay loose. Adieu, mon vieux. À la prochaine. Goodbye till when we meet again. <laughs>